Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello and welcome to the dueling club. I'm Jen. And I'm Al. And we just made each other laugh while we were waiting to start this. Hello, father. <laughs> Soon. I love David Tennant. Soon. Tell me that wasn't the best casting for Barty Crouch Jr. It really was. Okay. The only issue is that, like, for some reason, Barty Crouch Jr. in the movie was, like, swagalicious with his leather jacket and stuff. And I'm like, isn't he supposed to be, like, some scrawny, strong-haired yeah, little idiot? Yeah, that was weird. Okay. <laughs> I liked it, <laughs> Yes. David sounds like, I am actually Casanova. What about it? Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm not arguing. He was in another thing. Wasn't it, like, Dark Shadows or something? Or some vampire movie? That wasn't him. That was Johnny Depp. No, but he was in something. Oh, oh, wait, was he in that, but he was the Vampire Slayer? David Tennant, Vampire Movie. He wasn't the Vampire, though. He was a Vampire Hunter. Fright Night. Yeah. And he was a Vampire Hunter. I said Dark Shadows. No. Oh, yes. As Vampire Slayer, Peter Vincent. Yep. I want to watch that now. I love David Tennant. That came out in 2011. Okay, hold on. What? Why am I holding? Hello? Because I wanted to check something out. What are you checking out? Okay, anyway, the reason why I love David Tennant is because of Doctor Who. He is forever my doctor. Look, 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 look. Look, look. We're both aware. No, but that's Matt Smith. I know, but it's a Doctor Who shirt. But yours is actual 10. Yeah. Um... I still have my sonic screwdriver downstairs. Anyway, yes, I love Doctor... Well, I love Doctor Who. six Doctrine. years after Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Yes. I was just saying. Okay. He was in that movie afterwards. I love Doctor Who, but I haven't watched it in a long time. I didn't, I didn't even finish Peter Capaldi's run. I didn't either. I actually like Peter Capaldi as the Doctor. He was... He was a re- he was too much of a re- return to classic who that it took me a while to get into it and then life just got busy and I yeah, stopped. Yeah, but the Zygon War speech is incredible. Yeah. Okay, I agree. I'm I'm probably going to end up start like watching it again. I want my girlfriend wants to watch Doctor Who, but she can't get over the low budget the re- the return had with uh, nine. Okay, but that was like the first three episodes, I, and then they start getting better. I know, but she she can't even get past episode one. And I'm like, dude, hold on, hold on. Hey, Maddie. Okay, I'll have her watch this. Hey, Maddie, list. I need you to listen to this. I understand that the first one ridiculously cheesy. Hey, even that first season, like half of it, ridiculously cheesy and low budget. But it gets better. And I promise you that you will enjoy it. It will make you laugh. It will make you cry. It'll make you question why Al is even making you watch it sometimes. And other times, it'll make you happy. So I promise you, just suffer through the first couple of episodes where you're like, oh, the quality of this is trash, to get to the better stuff. I'm burning up a sun just to say goodbye. This has been your PSA for Doctor Who. Talk to you later, Maddie. Which is one of your saddest lines from Doctor Who? No context, just say it. I just said mine, but I'll repeat it. I'm not ready to go. 
Stop, stop, stop. You asked. Mine was like romantic. I'm burning up a sun just to say goodbye. He said one of the lines. I know. I didn't know you were going to cut deep. <laughs> you should have known. Bro, I'm actually like... Anyway. Or, or when he says, oh, if you like that, wait till you read book seven. Oh, true. When he actually says Expelliarmus in one of, in that yes. exact episode. Yes. I love it. The power of words. The power of words. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> we did that in the last one, too. True. What is going on? Magic. My arm's magic. <laughs> I caught you. Um, you did. You did. You caught me. Mm-hmm. You caught me with magic. You know what would be magically delicious? Other than some Lucky Charms? I don't know, actually. If people would like, follow, and subscribe! Oh, snap! You missed it! You didn't see it coming! And now you're a little upset with yourself. Like, follow, subscribe! Like, follow, subscribe! We're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Uh, listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, and we're hosted on Podbean, but you can listen to us anywhere. Yes. All right. So we definitely should have bundled the two chapters because I would have definitely preferred doing chapter thirty-four right now. I know, but it's a good thing we didn't because we talked about a whole bunch of other stuff that we were able to talk about, and the last episode had some spoilers. Not a lot, but enough to where we put the spoiler intro. Um, and this one, we're going to hopefully not have any spoilers. But if we do, we're going to put the spoiler intro. Gosh. Okay. Okay. So. We are on. Season four. Chapter 33. Episode 39. Yes. Of, uh, you know, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Yes. And the recap of the last chapter was Voldemort's back. Cedric dead, Voldemort back. <laughs> Pretty much. You made sad eyes, by the way, just now. I did. Because when you get sad, your eyebrows go into a triangle. So you... that's how I know you're, like, sad. Well, because Cedric shouldn't have died. Uh... When you when you actually feel something for real, for real, your eyebrows instead of going triangle, go like semicircle. He shouldn't have died. I read your face. Okay, good. He shouldn't have died. True. And Voldemort shouldn't be back. True. Um, the name of Mistakes this chapter. Mistakes were made. Yes. The name of this chapter is the Death Eaters. Why did they name themselves? I I just I want to know. Why did they name themselves Death Eaters? If Voldemort is afraid of death, which is why... It's it's a way for them to conquer death. By eating it? That's not conquering it. That's taking it into yourself. Let me ask you a question. Yes. If you go to a restaurant where they have a lobster tank, and you pick out the lobster specifically, and it comes out... I've never done that. Del- I'm just saying. Okay. Hypothetically. Did you not conquer that lobster? No, you, I you ended its life for you, my amusement. Yes. But you chose it. You said, not that one. That one. That one. I'm gonna name I'm gonna name him Joseph. Take no, him I wouldn't back. name him and then eat him. At that point, I'm naming him to keep him alive as my pet. And he's gonna be like, catch these hands. You know what we think similarly. Anyway, <laughs> if I were to name a lobster in that I'm like, just just pack him up. 
Pack them up. I'll pay. I'll pay the price in the mail. Pack them up. We're taking them home. Freddy. Yes. Okay, so Death Eaters. They're always Freddy. Always. <laughs> Unless you're the rat from New York. Your name is Jacob Jr. I don't know why that one went, but... I don't know. Who's Jacob Sr.? We don't know. But <laughs> Jacob Kowalski. So his son's a rat that I saw in I mean, Brooklyn. maybe. Ignoring the weeping until <laughs> the newly risen Lord of Voldemort examines his new body closely... Producing his wand from a robe pocket, he orders Wormtail to extend his arm. Well, it's okay. He wrapped the stump. Wrong hand. He wrapped the stump. Yes. And he's like, my my lord, my lord, you promised. You did promise. And he says, hold out your arm. He says it lazily. So he's like, hold out your arm. And he's like, oh, master, thank you. The other arm. Less As Voldemort you. laughs. And he's like, Master, please, please. And, um, yeah. So, that is when Voldemort bends down, pulls out Wormtail's left arm, forces the sleeve up of Wormtail's robe past his elbow, and Harry sees something on his skin, something like a vivid red tattoo, a skull with a snake protruding from its mouth, the image that had appeared in the sky at the Quidditch World Cup, the dark mark. Voldemort examined it carefully, ignoring Wormtail's uncontrollable weeping. It is back, he said softly. They will all have noticed it, and now we shall see. Now we shall see. And he pressed his long white forefinger to the brand on Wormtail's arm. And the scar on Harry's forehead goes off. Yep. Sharp, searing pain all over again. The mark I'm a little black. dramatic, I'm sorry. And Wormtail whimpers in pain. Voldemort tells Harry that he is standing on Riddle Sr.'s grave. In the house in the hillside above them was his muggle father's home. Tom Riddle Sr. abandoned his pregnant mother, leaving Voldemort to be raised in an orphanage after his mother died. Can we just can we just say it? Yes. You stand, Harry Potter, upon the remains of my late father, a muggle and a fool. Very like your dear mother. Wait a second. How dare his you? mom was not a muggle. His mom was muggle-born, but not a muggle. So, like, why is he engaging in revisionist history? I don't like that at all. But they both had their uses, did they not? Your mother died to defend you as a child, and I killed my father. And see how useful he has proved himself in death. Okay, so false comparisons... They're not equivalent in any kind of way whatsoever. One of them one of them was done out of love, the other was done out of hate. Not comparable in any kind of way whatsoever. Try again, Tom. Try again. Mm-hmm. Okay. You see that house upon the hill, Potter? My father Which lived there. My mother, a witch who lived here who lived here in this village, fell in love with him, but he abandoned her when she told him what she was. 
He didn't like magic, my father. He left her and returned to his muggle parents before I was even born, Potter, and she died giving birth to me, leaving me to be raised in a muggle orphanage. But I vowed to find him. I revenged myself upon him, that fool who gave me his name, Tom Riddle. Listen to me, reliving family history, he said quietly. Why, I am growing quite sentimental. But look, Harry, my true family returns. Okay. I like what the book did, the movie did here. Mm-hmm. Because you see, essentially, something that isn't actually true because you find out later on that only he can do this and maybe somebody else. Not a spoiler because it happens in the book, in the movie, and, you know, Harry Potter podcast. They fly in. His followers, his Death Eaters, fly in. Um, so I think they're able to do that when they're called because he summoned them, right? The air was suddenly full of swishing of cloaks between graves behind the yew tree. In every shadowy space, wizards were apparating. See? This is where it's different. They didn't apparate in the movie. They apparated in the book, which makes sense to us. All of them were hooded and masked, and one by one, they moved forward, slowly, cautiously, as though they could barely believe their eyes. I think the movie had it much more dramatic. Yes. Where they came flying out of the skull's mouth, kind of, in a way. Apparating is is a rule that we know of to some extent in the the book. We know that people can just tell, like up here randomly teleporting but I think that the the movie did it in a much more dramatic way that feels a little satisfying in a way okay so the hooded figures that he called his true family are there they form a circle around him and he chastises them um, for basically believing that he was gone defeated by his enemies um, and then one of them, we don't know who just yet, comes out and is like, Master, Master, forgive me, forgive us all. And Voldemort is not really about that life. Well, this is it. So, going back a little bit. Welcome, Death Eaters, said Voldemort quietly. Thirteen years. Thirteen years since last we met. Yet you answer my call as though it were yesterday. Thirteen and a half. Just saying. We are still united. Round up, bro. We are still united under the dark mark, then. Or are we? I smell guilt, he said. There is a stench of guilt upon the air. Or stench of death, because you literally just rose from the grave and used your dad's bone. I'm just saying. (laughs) I see you all, whole and healthy, with your powers intact. Such prompt appearances. And I ask myself, why did this band of wizards never come to the aid of their master, to whom they swore eternal loyalty. And I answer myself, whispered Voldemort. They must have believed me broken. They thought I was gone. They slipped back among my enemies, and they pleaded innocence and ignorance and bewitchment. And then I ask myself, but how could they have believed I would not rise again? They, who knew the steps I took long ago to guard myself against mortal death, they, 
who had seen proofs of the immense uh, immensity of my power in the times when I was mightier than any wizard living. And you might be thinking, well, what are what is he talking about? What steps did he take? We know that he at least there was something that he made. The diary. The diary. Yep. The diary from book two, Chamber of Secrets. He put part of himself there. Mm-hmm. And he tried to use that to be able to come back, and it almost worked. Yep. So we would be foolish to think he didn't do something else like that, right? You you nodded yes. You need to actually say something. <laughs> Who's calling me from Mississippi? I'm not going to answer that. It might be your friend. Who no, she would call me from her cell phone. She's not going to call what me. What if her me. phone is dead and she used like a phone that was there? She would call me from her son's phone. Okay, fair enough. Her son is there. Okay. That's not a call from somebody that I know. Sorry. Excuse me. What, why Why are your feet everywhere? My feet are literally in the middle, dude. You're the one who's like mi- middle stance, wide stance, in stance. Well, because stance. my like, legs are uncomfortable up. right now. Well, make your mind up. I have longer legs than you and I'm content. Yes, but you're also in a more comfortable chair. That's true. Anyway. Um, so that's when, you know, he's like, I- I'm just... It, it is a disappointment to me. I confess myself disappointed. He well, basically just continues going in on them. My, my thing is, perhaps they now pay allegiance to another. Perhaps that champion of commoners, of mudbloods and muggles, Albus Dumbledore. It is a disappointment to me. I confess myself disappointed, like you were saying. Yeah. Like, oh, oh. Dang. Bro, stop. <laughs> and, and Voldemort laughs at the whole, Master, Master, forgive me, forgive us all. Crucio. He tortures his follower. Like, if he's willing to torture a follower, what is he willing to do to somebody who isn't a follower of his? Just throwing it out there. So the Death Eater's on the ground, and Harry's like, it's loud enough. A police has, a policeman has to come. Like, they have to hear this. And Voldemort tells the guy who we find out Avery Avery get up stand up you ask for forgiveness I do not forgive I do not forget 13 long years I want 13 years repayment before I forgive you Wormtail here has paid some of his debt already have you not Wormtail you return to me not out of loyalty but out of fear of your old friends you deserve this pain Wormtail you know that don't you Yes, Master, moaned Wormtail. Please, Master, please. Yet you helped return me to my body, said Voldemort coolly, watching Wormtail sob on the ground. Worthless and traitorous as you are. Treacherous? No. Traitorous. As you are, uh, you helped me, and Lord Voldemort rewards his helpers. And that's when... He gets the silver hand. Yes. So, wait a second. He basically just said... I'm not going to forgive you until you do 13 years worth of work to earn my forgiveness. Yes. And this jerk, who didn't even really want to be with me, that hurt my arm, by the way. This jerk, who didn't even really want to be with me, but is here because I'm the lesser of two evils. <laughs> um, he's done more for me than any of you. So I'm going to give him his hand back. Yep. A better hand. But... He's still worthless and traitorous. Yes. So, like, this dude just helped you, but you spit on him. But let me help him. But let me spit on him while I help you. But a streak of molten silver wrapped around his wrist and became a hand. 
a replica of a human hand, bright as moonlight, which soared downward and fixed itself upon Wormtail's bleeding wrist. My lord, master, it is beautiful, thank you, thank you. May your loyalty never waver again, Wormtail. No, my lord, never, my lord. Sure it won't. I just want to throw that out there. Like, we if it have to read once all, before, This is all dialogue. We have to read all this. No. So we find out that there's more people we know that are there. Because the next thing he says is, Lucius, my slippery friend. What Lucius do we know, Al? What Lucius do we know? Huh. It might be Malfoy. Oh. So now we know that Avery and Lucius Malfoy are Death Eaters. I mean, Harry always suspected that he was. Yeah, but. he always suspected that Lucius Malfoy was was bad. And there were rumblings of him being bad. Especially after the whole Chamber of Secrets thing. Like, he knew that something was not quite right about this guy. But to have confirmation from Voldemort's own mouth that this dude is not just a slippery, treacherous person, but is a confirmed Death Eater? Like, this dude's son sits next to you in some of your classes. Yep. Um, so he basically says... You, you, you jerk. You, you acted like I wasn't there. And then you used my group of people to have fun at the Quidditch World Cup. Paraphrasing this, it makes this way less impactful. I know, but I don't want to, I don't want to make Lucius impactful at all. I don't like Lucius. This is an impactful chapter. It is, but I hate it. (laughs) You can read what he says. I'm going to read all of it. You no. You I'm reading read it all. What Voldemort says. I am told that you have not renounced the old ways, though to the world you present a respectable face. You are still ready to take the lead in a spot of muggle torture, I believe. Yet you never tried to find me, Lucius. Your exploits at the Quidditch World Cup were fun, I dare say, but not. But might not your energies have been better directed toward finding and aiding your master? My lord, I was constantly on the alert came Lucius Malfoy's voice swiftly from beneath the hood. Had there been any signs from you, any whispers of your whereabouts, I would have been at your side immediately. Nothing could have prevented me. And yet you ran from my mark when a faithful Death Eater sent it into the sky last summer, um, said Voldemort loudly, and Mr. Malfoy stopped talking abruptly. Yes, I know all about that, Lucius. You have disappointed me. I expect more faithful service in the future. Of course, my lord, of course. You are merciful, thank you. Voldemort moved on and stopped, staring at the space large enough for two people that separated Malfoy and the next man. The Lestranges should stand here, said Voldemort quietly, but they are entombed in Azkaban. They were faithful. They went to Azkaban rather than renounce me. When Azkaban is broken open, the Lestranges will be honored beyond their dreams. The Dementors will join us. They are our natural allies. We will recall the banished giants. I shall have all my devoted servants return to me in an army of creatures whom all fear. Okay, so then he goes a little bit further away and he's like, McNair, destroying dangerous beasts for the Ministry of Magic now, Wormtail tells me. You shall have better victims than that soon, McNair. Lord Voldemort will provide. Thank you, Master. Thank you. 
And here we have Crab. You will do better this time, will you not, Crab? And you, Goyle? Yes, Master. Hold we on will, Master. So, basically, we find out that the Slytherins that have always been a problem for Harry, Ron, and Hermione are the sons of Death Eaters. Like, what? Like, this is happening straight up under Dumbledore's nose. Like, they they obviously met in school, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you would, you would think they obviously met in school. So, if they met in school, this happened while Dumbledore was at least a teacher there. Maybe before he was headmaster. But, like, it happened under his nose. It happened without him realizing it. Or maybe he realized it, but he couldn't do anything about it. Well, the thing is, is that Voldemort's thing started in school, and it was like... Um, like a little school gang kind of thing, but nothing could ever really be pinned on them. I think I think it's mentioned that like yeah, there were like talks of wrongdoing, but no one could prove anything. Yeah, but then but then you have their kids in school now, and they're well, getting able to get away with just about anything. What what have Crab and Goyle really done? Awful, even Malfoy. He talks a big game, but what does he actually do? Nothing. That's the thing. Because his father will hear about it. Yeah, exactly. And they also happen to have someone who has their back all the time. And then he says, the same goes for you, not, said Voldemort. My lord, I prostrate myself before you. I am your most faithful. That will do. Like, Voldemort's not (laughs) having any of it. And here we have six missing Death Eaters, three dead in my service, one too cowardly to return, he will pay, one who I believe has left me forever, he will be killed, of course, and one who remains my most faithful servant who, uh, uh, and who has already retur- uh, re-entered my service. So Harry is like, <clears throat> what, am I, what am I hearing? If I were Harry, I'd be like, all of my, my enemies... My school enemies' parents are here. Yes. And they're all Death Eaters. And now I just heard that there are six missing Death Eaters, three of whom are dead, one who's too cowardly to return, one who left forever and is going to get killed, and one who's already back. Who are these people? Because the only people he knows of who were Death Eaters or suspected, Karkaroff and Snape. Mm-hmm. And three are dead. So if you remember from from the Pensieve, he he, Mulciber, Rookwood, mm-hmm. and I think there's another one. I don't remember. The, um, the 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 French name, Rosier. Yep. 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 Those are the three that are dead. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So my thing is, is that Harry has two names, and three spots to fill in one too cowardly one who has turned against Voldemort forever who will be killed and one who is back in a faithful service and has re-entered being most the most faithful so where do those two fit in those three yeah that that's <clears throat> what Harry has to 
do That's the mental gymnastics. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Voldemort continues. He is at Hogwarts, that faithful servant. Oh, snap. And it was through his efforts that our young friend arrived here tonight. Yes, Harry Potter has kindly joined us for, for my rebirthing party. One might go so far as to call him my guest of honor. So, let's go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he looks at Lucius and he's like, ah, oh, what a story it is, Lucius. And it begins Well, it's because they, they want to know how With my young back. friend here. Yeah. So. And he tells them, um, I don't... Uh, let me see how much we've gone into... Okay, we can read it. Um, you know, of course, that they have called this boy my downfall. You all know that on the night I lost my powers and my body, I tried to kill him. His mother died in the attempt to save him and unwittingly provided him with a protection I had I admit I had not foreseen. I could not touch the boy. So the reason why he couldn't foresee it is because he could never put himself in her shoes to no. sacrifice himself for someone else. So why would you think that someone would act and contrary that- to what you believe? Which is what I was telling you earlier yep. mm-hmm. when in this season where we said of course, of course, what's his face? Karkaroff would be like, Dumbledore, you're involved in this. You have been nothing but backstabbing in this. Because He's the one that's done what that. he would yeah. have done. Uh-huh. When you're, unfortunately, human beings have that tendency to only see things in a certain way that aligns with what their belief systems are. So if you believe that somebody, something is good, then you're going to look for evidence of that thing being good and ignore the evidence of that thing being bad. It's just human nature. Some Even Voldemort has those blind spots where if he thinks that life is a certain way, he can't fathom somebody acting in a way that's different to that, contrary yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. Um, His mother left upon him the traces uh, It's his other sacrifice? Of her sacrifice. Of her? Oh, that's weird. This is old magic. I should have remembered it. I was foolish to overlook it. But no matter, I can touch him now. Harry felt the cold tip of the long white finger touch him and thought his head would burst with the pain. Voldemort laughed softly in his ear, then took the finger away and continued addressing the Death Eaters. And this is really important what he says next. This whole thing is very important. Because... Number one, this this guy who's trying to portray himself as all-powerful, who has calculated everything beyond reproach, who is actually reproaching his followers for not having done all the calculations and foreseeing things, mm-hmm. is admitting he made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Or two or three. Because at this point, he's already said he made a mistake not calculating that Harry's mom would sacrifice. I miscalculated, my friends. I admit it. My curse was deflected by the woman's foolish sacrifice. She wouldn't have thought it was foolish. True. And it rebounded upon myself. Ah, pain beyond pain, my friends. Nothing could have prepared me for it. I was ripped from my body. I was less than spirit, less than the meanest ghost. But still, I was alive. What I was, even I do not know. I who have gone further than anybody along the path that leads to immortality. You know my goal, to conquer death. 
And now I was tested, and it appeared that one or more of my experiments had worked, for I had not been killed, though the curse should have done it. Nevertheless, I was as powerless as the weakest creature alive, and without the means to help myself, for I had no body, and every spell that might have helped me required the use of a wand. I remember only forcing myself, sleeplessly, endlessly, second by second, to exist. I settled in a faraway place, in a forest, and I waited. Surely, one of my faithful Death Eaters would try and find me. One of them would have come and performed the magic I could not, to restore me to a body, but I waited in vain. Only one power remained to me. I could possess the bodies of others, but I dared not go where other humans were plentiful, for I knew that the Aurors were still abroad and searching for me. Then, for... Uh, oh, actually, let's go back. So, basically, I, yeah, he tells thing. us that he, he lived in animals. He took over animals, snakes, obviously his preference, but he lived in animals, but that didn't help him because obviously they couldn't cast magic. And when he took them over, he inevitably killed them. Yes, their their lives were shortened. Yeah. And all of them. And then four years ago, he found his way to come back. And we know what that was. He found Quirrell. Yep, for he was a teacher at Dumbledore School. He was easy to bend to my will. He brought me back to this country, and after a while, I took possession of his body to supervise him closely as he carried out my orders. But my plan failed, thwarted again by Harry Potter. Uh, Harry's just just killing it here. He's just standing there, but tied to a headstone, to Tom Riddle's headstone. And he's kind of being told... Everything that happened. It, it, it's... So from Harry's perspective, the only thing he knows is what he's experienced. Yes. But now he's getting the filler. He's getting yeah. the prequel and the filler. Yeah. And um, and then, not even... Oh, hold on. The servant died when I left his body, and I was left as weak as ever I had been. I returned to my hiding place far away, and I will not pretend that to you that I didn't then fear that I might never regain my powers. And then, not even a year ago, when I was almost... When I had almost abandoned hope, it happened. So, I want to know why he doesn't talk about returning in the diary does he not know that that's what happened i guess maybe wormtail would tell him well um, but would wormtail know wormtail was wormtail, there with him with with ron so the thing is, is that wormtail was probably in the dorm and wasn't super aware of what happened lucius is the one who's going to tell him i think mm. after this where it's like master do you remember that that relic you gave me or, or whatever um, that you said to only use yeah. under certain circumstances it's already used and it's been discovered and it's been destroyed yeah so he's that's why about, he gets punished oh, yes, gets punished, yes, remember? Yes. so he says he had almost abandoned hope a year ago a servant returned to him and it was Wormtail he had faked his own death to escape justice and he came back um, his filthy little friends told him there was a place deep in an Albanian forest where they, they dared not go. Yes. So he went there. Mm -hmm. 
and there he was. And then one night he went and to an inn for some food. Foolishly, he But says. his journey was not smooth in this, this. Yes. Um, and guess who he found at the end? At the end. I can't add a D to that because there is no D on in. It's just I and N. Now, see, the way that... Uh, okay, sorry. My, I'm reading it incorrectly. You are reading it incorrectly. Stop. <laughs> and uh, now see the way that fate favors Lord Voldemort. This might have been the end of Wormtail, and of my last hope for regeneration, but Wormtail, displaying a presence of mind I would never have expected from him. Dang, he's going <laughs> to troll his one of his faithful servants? The one who actually brought him back. You're right. Uh, convinced Bertha Jorkins to accompany him on a nighttime stroll. He overpowered her. He brought her to me, and Bertha Jorkins, who might have ruined all, proved instead to be a gift beyond my wildest dreams. For, with a little persuasion, she became a veritable mine of information. And she's the one who told him all of the information he needed to know about the Triwizard Tournament, that it was going to be at Hogwarts, and that she knew that there was a death, uh, faithful, a faithful death, death eater. eater who would only be too willing to help him. If if only he could contact him, and a whole bunch of stuff. But the means I used to break the memory charm upon her were powerful, and when I had extracted all useful information from her, her mind and body were both damaged beyond repair. She had now served her purpose. I could not possess her. I disposed of her. So he killed her. Yes. That's literally him saying, I got what I needed from her, and now she did. Yes. Um, Wormtail's body was ill-adapted for possession because everyone thought he was dead, and he would attract far too much attention if noticed. Um, however, he was able-bodied um, enough to sort of take care of him and perform some magic to give him a substitute body for the time being. Yeah, and, the little baby thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I gave him uh, which... Yeah, a spell or two of my own invention and a little help from Dear Nagini. Created a potion um, from, from Unicorn, uni- blood. Unicorn Blood and the Snake Venom from Nagini. Um, I was soon returned to an almost human form and strong enough to travel. Um, there was no hope of using the stone anymore for he knew that Dumbledore would destroy it. Um, but he was willing to embrace mortal life before seeking immortality. He set his uh, sights lower. He would settle for his old body again and his old strength. He knew that to achieve that he needed a piece of old dark magic, the potion that revived him tonight. He would need three powerful ingredients. Flesh of a servant. Um, bone from... Yes. Uh, his father's bone. Uh, which naturally meant that he'd have to come here. But the blood of a foe, he hadn't known who to use. Any wizard who hated him, of course, would do, but he knew instantly who he had to use. Yes. I he, swear he's such a drama king. Yep. I wanted the blood of the one who had stripped me of my of power 13 years ago, for the lingering protection his mother once gave him would reside in my veins, too. Um... But how to get at Harry Potter, for he had been protected, um, better protected than I think even he knows, protected in ways devised by Dumbledore long ago when it fell to him to arrange the boy's future. 
Dumbledore invoked an ancient magic to ensure the boy's protection as long as he is in his relation's care. Not even I can touch him there. Then, of course, there was the Quidditch World Cup. I thought his protection might be weaker there, away from his relations in Dumbledore, but I was not yet strong enough to attempt kidnap in the midst of a horde of Ministry Wizards. And then, the boy would return to Hogwarts, where he is under the crooked nose of that muggle-loving fool from morning until night. So how could I take him? Why, by using Bertha Jorkin's information, of course. Use my one faithful Death Eater, stationed at Hogwarts, to ensure that the boy's name was entered into the Goblet of Fire. Use my Death Eater to ensure that the boy won the tournament. That he touched the Triwizard Cup first. The cup which my Death Eater had turned into a port key, which would bring him here, beyond the reach of Dumbledore's help and protection, and into my waiting arms. And here he is, the boy you all believed had been my downfall. Voldemort moved slowly forward and turned to face Harry. He raised his wand. Crucio! It was a pain beyond anything Harry had ever experienced. His very bones were on fire. His head was surely splitting along his scar. His eyes were rolling madly in his head. He wanted it to end, to black out, to die. And then it was gone. He was hanging limply in the robes binding him to the headstone of Voldemort's father, looking up into those bright red eyes through a kind of mist. The night was ringing with the sound of the Death Eater's laughter. You see, I think how foolish it was to suppose that this boy could ever have been stronger than me, said Voldemort, but I want there to be no mistake in anybody's mind. Harry Potter escaped me by a lucky chance and I am now going to prove my power by killing him, here and now, in front of you all, when there is no Dumbledore to help him, and no mother to die for him. I will give him his chance, he will be allowed to fight, and you will be left in no doubt which of us is the stronger. Just a little longer, Nagini, he whispered, and the snake glided away through the grass to where the Death Eaters stood watching. Now, untie him, Wormtail and give him back his wand. Dun, dun, dun! That is Loki such a dramatic end. He's like all of the villains from 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 any movie or cartoon you've ever seen mm-hmm. where they're like, I'm going to kill you, but first I'm going to tell you in excruciating detail how I'm going to kill you. But the thing is, is that a lot of the time they get thwarted when mm-hmm. they're doing that whole, like, the way I did, I accomplished this was this and this. And the hero's like, I untied myself. But he's a 14-year-old boy. He doesn't yeah. know how to untie himself But e- even then, he gets all the way through and is like, let's fight. Let's fight. Let's see who's stronger. I'll give you a fighting chance. It's why it's, it's that, that typical trope. A villain telling their 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 whole, look at all the hoops I jumped through to try and make this happen, ha ha ha. But he's not thwarted. He tells him everything and is like, let's fight. fight. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's such a like, mm, yes, in a bad way for Harry. But yes, we actually finally get the trope and it play it like pans out perfectly. Yes. But yeah. I. <sighs> I really do like that we get all of this background that we didn't have before. Everything he was in this, makes sense now. Yeah. 
All of it. All the pieces come together besides the remaining who is the faithful Death Eater. Yeah. We have everything else. Bertha Jorkins. We know she's dead now. We find out where Wormtail went after Prisoner Basketman. To, we, to yeah. a forest? Yes. Far we, away. We find... In Albania. And we also, at the beginning of this, found out all of the Death Eaters who remained faithful to some degree to Voldemort. Avery, enough, Malfoy, enough to Crab, actually come Coyle, back. Uh, McNair. Yeah. And the Lestranges Not. who aren't there but are still very faithful and who will be rewarded beyond their dreams. Mm-hmm. The three that are dead. Yep. Which we are actually new, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like the French dude. <laughs> the French dude. Evan Rosier. Yes. Yeah. So that's that. Um, it's kind of sad that we're not going to do the next one because the next one's sick. We are going to do the next one next. No, time. I mean not now. Yeah, yeah. No. We we've done guys. This is our third episode in a row only because we Mississippi. Uh, yes, there was some traveling that occurred. Yes. Yes. Okay. But we will. We are excited to do the next one. And the movie comparison is going to be, oh, I'm going to rant. Oh, prepare yourselves. The movie comparison always ends up being two or three episodes. And Quidditch I, World Cup. Oh, man. We're going to fight. <laughs> not We're you not and I, but I'm going to fight the director. Okay. Yeah, they're dumb. Listen, it's... We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Okay. And, and that's that was my it, slight guys. screech of frustration. Okay. They're about to fight. Fourteen-year-old yep. Harry Potter is about to fight. Reborn, Voldemort. reborn Voldemort. Yep. Nothing could go wrong here, right? It's fair, you know. Totally fair. After he was just tortured. Yes. A little bit. A little. A little. Come on. How do you start your day off if you're not a little tortured? You know. Everybody, you know, coffee. Coffee works for some people. Coffee, torture. A coffee, blood of your enemy. Potato. Severed potato. hand of your follower. Your da- dead dad's bones. I mean, the best part of waking up? No? Is Voldemort in your cup? Okay, let's go. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.